Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the process of working with, as a member and consultant and advisor and friend of the APAP organization and all our member organizations, I made some of the best friends and business connections of my entire life worldwide. We need to talk about some. Somebody has to make conversation. Hi, everybody. It's Bob Ost, and it's Happy Friday, everyone. April Fools. I, I, have, I have no April Fool's jokes prepared for you, but, but today is April Fool's and it really is April 1st and this really is true. And this really is the true community gathering. So not fooling you about any of it. We're here every week. This is our 99th consecutive consecutive gathering. It might be the 100th. Actually, I should check that. If it's the 100th, we should be having a, a celebration. But we've been doing this since April 17th, 2020. Basically, it was a way of dealing with with shutdown. I never thought the true was going to be virtual. I never thought that I was going to know what Zoom was. But life throws you some surprises and it's up to us to really embrace them and use them and learn from them, which is what we've done. So every week we get people together in this room so that people don't feel isolated. Uh, Now that we're going off into the real world, into live performance, we're still treasure what we've found here in Zoom, the ability to create a community that spans well beyond New York City. It's We have people from around the country, we have people from around the world. Today we're very pleased to have somebody from Germany and somebody from Australia and might have people from other places as well and I just don't know it. So it, it's, it's, a, it's been a gift. COVID has not been a gift, but it is in, it's sort of given us tools or forced us to learn how to do things in a new way. And I think that as we move into live performance, we're going to consider can we're going to continue to do things virtually as well. I think I think that's pretty much most most of us in the arts finally surrendered. <laughs> we surrendered to virtual and finally said, okay, this has some use. This has some value. So we've talked about anything I can think of to talk about every week. It's 99 99 consecutive weeks of of conversations. And I've always actually wanted to have a conversation with APAP. APAP, it's it's an organization I'm going to introduce you to. I'm going to introduce you to Sue Noseworthy in a second. And I'm also going to introduce you to Mr. Mojo, who is an artist, a performing artist who has made very good use of this particular association, this this service organization. Well, it's it is a service organization for the for the performing arts community, and let's uh, let's bring them in right now. I'm going to bring in Sue and and Mojo. Hi Sue. Hi Mojo. How you doing? All well. Good evening, guys. Thanks for having us. Oh, my pleasure. I, I, you know, I've been trying to get you on for a year. <laughs> Bob, Bob, you have the patience of a saint. I have to tell you, you are wonderful. Thank you for <laughs> for putting up with all of our postponements, but. 
Yeah, my, my, the, ne the next wall I want to break down is MIFA, the New York Foundation for the Arts. I've been trying to get them for a year or two. It's going to happen soon. Uh, can, can tell us what APAP stands for and also tell us what it used to stand for. It, it has changed its branding. Yes, actually, it's changed multiple times. Yeah, so just who I am, I'm Sue Noseworthy, the membership director here at APAP, which is Association of Performing Arts Professionals, but we're commonly and affectionately known as APAP. And we are a national service advocacy and membership organization for the live performing arts. And yes, Bob is right. When we were founded in 1957 by a very small group of presenters at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, the first name was the Association of College and University Concert Managers. So it actually started with a very small group of presenters. We have changed our name multiple times over the years. The other acronyms, I don't know if I could tell you off the top of my head, but our latest big name change was going from the Association of Performing Arts Presenters to the Association of Performing Arts Professionals, which was a really important change because our name now reflects really the full depth and breadth of our membership is much more inclusive of the entire arts ecology. So we're very helpful that we have, you know, made that shift to be more inclusive. Right. I, and, and I actually hadn't realized that it had changed over to professionals until like last week. <laughs> it's like, I, because I've known you for so, for so long and I've known you with, I, in order for me to describe APAP, I always had to explain to people what the difference was between a producer and a presenter. And I don't have to do that now. <laughs> although, although I think it's still relevant information. I think it's important for people to actually understand that we can, we can get to that in a moment, but first I want to introduce Mojo. Mojo, say hi to us. Say hi. Mojo and the Bayou... Gypsies. 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 Bayou. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm thrilled to be here, but I, I might have got the wrong email. I, I thought I was supposed to talk about training alligators for security duty at APAP. Yeah. Well, well we we all are interest, intrigued by that right now. It, okay. Alligators uh, are, are, a big, are a big force in our culture right now. There you go. There you go. Food, shelter, and clothing at times. <laughs> My name is Mojo from Mojo and the Bayou Gypsies. I've been in the industry for 50, 58 years right now. My 59th year will begin in September. Our show, Mojo and the Bayou Gypsies, we're in our 37th season. We'll be in our 38th season starting in May. We've gone all the way from nightclubs and bars through corporate events on up to the world's finest concert stages where we are now. And APAP has been a big part of my life and career for the last 21 years. Okay, so basically we're looking at APAP from two different perspectives. We're looking at it from the perspective of, of the association and the services that it provides. We're also looking at it from the active participation of, uh, of an artist and how, how he takes advantage of the services that that APAP provides everybody. So let's let's start with Sue. Sue, can you sort of lay out the the give us the lay of the land, uh, how APAP works and what it does? Yeah, yeah. What I wanted to start with is just kind of give you guys just a a few stats of you know who we are. You've had a description of the organization, a little bit of our history, but who are our members? I think is important for you to know as well. The membership is really made up of arts professionals from every segment of our field. We have artists, agents, managers, producers, presenters, 
consultants, vendors, students. I mean, that's just sort of the tip of the iceberg. It really is such a wide variety of professionals in our industry, which is really wonderful. We have about 1,500 members. That number does change. We do tend to increase our membership numbers as we get closer to our conference. And I will talk quite a bit about our conference in a little bit. Our membership is made up of both organizational and individual members. But when you count the staff of our member organizations, we really serve over 5,000 performing arts professionals really every day. Our members are from all 50 states and 34 countries. So we, we have a really wide expanse around the world. In terms of where folks are located in the U.S., about 58% of our members are on the East Coast, you know, Florida going all the way up, 16% in the Midwest, so we have, we have less concentration there, and then 26% are West-Southwest, so our, our, you know, a lot of our members are, are Eastern. And I can talk, one of the things I did want to talk about, Bob, because I know you know, we will focus on conference, but I, I, I did have a, a little bit of information prepared about our other benefits and services. If now is a good time. Great. Absolutely. Yeah. And for sure. I mean, you know, APAP is synonymous with our, our annual conference. I mean, I think for many people, that is the, the key benefit and service that many people have in mind and for good reason, because it's a very successful event and people do have, you know, great experiences there with buying art and selling art. So it's, there's a reason it's so popular, but we do have a few other benefits and services. I did want to share some information with you guys about, you know, very quickly, we do have a job banking career center and it is free for job seekers just as an FYI, and you don't have to be a member to use that component of our website. It's incredibly popular. So if you are job hunting, if you know colleagues who are job hunting, again, in any segment of the field, please send them to our job bank. I can put some URLs in the chat in a, in a little bit. We also offer a bi-weekly members-only newsletter with field information updated on our programs and benefits. It contains industry news, funding opportunities. So that's another great benefit of membership. Another benefit that I think might be incredibly appealing to your cohort here is APAP does have a live performance calendar. It's a growing multidisciplinary online showcase, basically, of in-person or online performances and events. And it's, you know, populated by our very diverse members. It's been an increasingly popular tool for people to list their shows. It is a members-only tool and, and database. So if you're interested in listing your show in the performance calendar, you know, that's a, that's a great member benefit. I have a question about that. Would it be appropriate for, for True to list our programs on your on your calendar? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. There, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, you could even list this. Well, I'm thinking the weekly this weekly gathering that we do. Yeah, I think so. I'll, I'll find out if if people do post webinars and things. I can ask Bob. It can't hurt to ask, but I would imagine right. it could be posted. Well, certainly we'll, we'll, we'll try to post our play reading series when we do that. Yes, absolutely, for sure. And then the, the last thing I'll just mention, because I think it's a, a great opportunity to chat with APAP leadership, is every month we have something called Real Talk in Real Time, our listening lounge, we call it. And it's really a wonderful 
chance. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty casual Zoom meeting that we have once a month where you have an opportunity to meet face-to-face with both APAP staff and our board and leadership to you know really talk about what's on your mind. Um, some of the sessions are programmed. We, we recently have one that we asked that the focus be on racial equity, diversity, and inclusion, but a lot of times we, we do have people submit topics that they want to talk about in advance and we do make time for them. So, you know, anything that's on all of our collective minds, like, you know, how artists in the Ukraine are, are faring and, and, or what's going on with climate crisis and how is that impacting our field? So it's a, it's something I wanted to mention because it's also a great opportunity to talk to our new president and CEO, Lisa, who is wonderful and also our board and our board president. So I would encourage if you do join to join us for those conversations because they can be pretty rich. And I think sometimes it's hard to get FaceTime with CEOs, and this gives you a great chance to start to get to know our leadership. So I did want to mention that. Well, Sue, so could you please could you please tell a little bit about the affinity groups? Yes. So as part of our conference, we are well, we kind of launched it at conference, but we are are doing more either topic specific or you know life specific affinity groups where where job alike or you know identity alike groups can join like LGBTQ you know playwrights or marketing staffs of per- professional performing arts centers and those are getting underway i think there was something like 50 or 60 affinity groups that were developed as part of conference and we are beginning to roll those out so that those are year-round communities where people can come together and share information with one another. Did you have a a link somewhere in there so that people can actually find you and and start making inquiries without becoming parts of these different programs? Yes. What I'll do is share my email in the chat when I, when I have a break from speaking so that you guys can, if any, any of the items I'm talking about today, you have questions, you can reach out to me and I'd be happy to help you. So I want to go back to one of the definitions that it just seems obvious, but a lot of people are not clear about it. Explain to people what presenters are, because one of the things that you offer is an opportunity for people to be seen by by possible presenters for their work. I'm going to go to our formal definition of, of a presenter. It's a facility or program or entity, or it could even be a person who presents artists and pays artist fees. Like I said, it could be a facility program person, and they wish to find artists, agents, and managers for performances that they are are putting on, you know, stages or in venues. That's the the typical definition of presenter that we use. So, Mojo, before you actually knew APAP, before you were part of APAP, tell us a little bit about about you as an artist and what you were doing. And let's talk about how you found your way to APAP and how it helped you. Okay, that that's an interesting story. I started performing when I was 11 years old back in 1963 as a pro. And in the process of doing that, playing literally all the different genres of American music, I worked my way up from when I was a teenager, we were doing uh, socials and dances and ballrooms. And we grew into the nightclub circuit and we were doing nightclubs until 
1994. We had worked our way up to the number one nightclub in the United States. And when I went to collect the check, they tried to stiff me. And I said, I'm not going to work here anymore. I walked in the dressing room and said, this is our last performance in a nightclub unless it's a benefit. From there, we moved into corporate events. We had been doing corporate events and it was very lucrative and very popular. It's a different business model from the performing arts in that the event is the focus. And sometimes you have 15 or 20 agents trying to get the event and you're in every one of their packages. So the odds of you landing a corporate event are pretty high. If the, if the agents all know you, I worked with 600 and, 660 agents in those days. Then 9-11 happened and the Enron and WorldCom scandals happened. And the result of those two, those three events was that you couldn't put crowds together and corporations stopped doing corporate events because they didn't want to open their books to the feds. We quickly started working almost entirely in the performing arts. The performing arts is a different game from all the others in that when, when we got into performing arts, we found that the, the, the supply chain, it is a supply chain, there are artists and there are audiences. And between the artists and audiences, there is a supply chain. Presenters who present artists to audiences and make the connection, agents and managers who present artists to presenters so the connection can be made with audiences, and self-represented artists like myself who run their whole business. They just had to learn how to do it because they've been doing it forever and they just never found playmates that added value. So for me, I've been a self-represented artist now for a lifetime. At APAP in particular, I discovered APAP when we went full-time in the performing arts. And I, I was told to move from regional conferences where we had been into the APAP organization and experience it. And what I discovered there was a, a world of A-class, world-class presenters, agents, managers, and artists. For me, it was a very wonderful relief to find a, a community that was supportive and really professional and crackerjack, world-famous people you're working with. And it, it was just a, a fabulous connection that we made. In the process of working with, as a member and consultant and advisor and friend of the APAP organization and all our member organizations, I made some of the best friends and business connections of my entire life worldwide. The overwhelming majority of our performances in Europe came through APAP, participating in their conference. The overwhelming majority of my friends in show business who are in my daily life came from APAP as we met over the years. And the show business family in particular is a family that you, you gain through life and living because you're not home. And you'll have births and deaths and weddings and all kinds of happy and sad things happening, but you're not home. And your family is on the road with you. And those are the people who are in APAP, the real warriors who've been in it for decades, new people who are anxious to be in it for decades, for a lifetime. It's a wonderful community of support, shared knowledge, and uh, interesting competition. And in the process of doing that, I wound up getting involved in Napama, which was a, an organization that really kind of grew out of APAP that focused on the North American performing arts managers and agents and presenters and independent artists. And it really grew up in the APAP community to focus on business of the arts, which is where the return on investment can come for the members of TRUE. 
getting connected. Once you have your product developed or you are looking for someone to, to produce with or present your, your works, APAP is the place to find people of great so, substance. So let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about the sorts of the sorts of performance that are suited to APAP and what things may be harder uh, to, to make connections with. I mean, I, I don't think like a, a 14 character, 14 actor musical is necessarily something that's going to get easily booked through these channels, but you can tell me if I'm wrong. You're so, wrong. So, so t- tell me about that. So, so what are the things, what are the things that people can think about? Okay. If you, if you think about it, just basic things like, every famous Broadway play, every famous Broadway musical, every famous book, every character you see on television, every character you see in the theater, they're all at APAP. They're artists. The artists are there. Their agents are there. Their managers are there. So and I'm there are people to, from all over the world. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue along these lines because I, because I, I, I sense that there are people in the room who, who will want to know these things. If you're, if you're, if you're somebody that's not well-known, and you have a show, how do you, how do you enter this world and, and get noticed? And how do you not get swallowed up in the crowd? Sue, do you want to tell them or do you want me to tell them? Um, yeah. I, and actually, I, I do want to go back just a little bit, Bob, if that's okay, to just kind of give an overview of the different components of the conference, because that right. might be helpful if, if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, yeah, just to, just to kind of in, introduce you to just a few of the basic things about the conference. For those of you who don't know, I'm, you know, we, we shouldn't assume that everybody knows exactly what APAP is and how it works. But, you know, the, the conference is held every January in New York City, usually within the first few weeks of the month. This year's upcoming conference will be January 13th through 17th. Those are the in-person dates. The hub of the conference is the Hilton Midtown and Towers, but there are events and showcases all over the city during that week. It's really a citywide event, although, again, there are quite a few things happening at the Midtown, Hilton Midtown and Towers. And again, attendees are from all over the field any kind of genre you can think of, any kind of discipline. We do tend to draw between 3,500 and 4,000 attendees. So there are quite a few people there. 60% of our attendees identify themselves as executive leadership slash decision makers. And 33% are programmatic staff. So those are, you know, the, the programming staff who are there at our conference to look at shows to potentially book. So just wanted to throw some stats out there so you have an awareness of who is coming. The other thing is worth noting because I know, you know, newcomers can sometimes feel a little intimidated by our conference because it is so big, very different from the smaller regionals. You know, every year, 24% of our attendees identify as new colleagues. And I'll talk more about mentoring in a few minutes. But if you are a, a first timer to APAP, do not make that, you know, make you have second thoughts or, or say, oh, it's, you know, it's not for me. You know, quite a few people come for the very first time. So I, I did want to throw that out there. So yes, there are, are three pillars, what we call them, for the conference. The first being professional development and networking. And that includes all of our programming, plenaries, keynotes, concurrent sessions and workshops, 
so that's sort of like more of the everybody getting together and talking about ideas, what's going on in our field, what are, what's the latest information, what, what, are, what are people dealing with, right, on a daily basis. And then you have the other two components, which are more, you know, the business of what we all do. The first of which is our expo hall, and that is our trade show and marketplace, the booths. And then the other one is the showcase performances. And those can range from a full performance production down to a 15-minute snippet expert. Um, Those are put on by the artist agents and managers. So those are kind of the three pillars. I'm guessing most of you will probably want to drill down a little bit more into the expo, but maybe perhaps more focus on showcasing. I don't know, Bob, if you had you know, thoughts about that, but. Well, what I was thinking of, what I'm thinking about already is what are the, what are the tools that they should come with so that they can be effective when they go to the conference? Sure. I mean, I would say step one is introduce yourself to me and my team and tell us, you know, what you do, what, particular part of the field you live in? What are your professional goals for the conference? What do you even know about APAP? It's also helpful for us to know if you've attended other booking conferences, because those can give you a baseline of information like, oh, yes, I did PAE a few years ago, or yes, I've done, you know, NACA or WA, you know, that can help us learn a little bit more. But the more you reach out to staff as sort of your starting point and we get to know you and your needs, we can kind of help direct you to really good resources. We do have quite a few pages with FAQs. We have webinars. We do have a mentoring program, which again, I'll, I'll talk about a little bit, which, you know, does provide you know, very specific information on how to set yourself up for success if attending for a first time attendee. But I would say item one on your checklist would be reach out to me and to my associate Keisha. And again, I'll put our, our emails in the, in the chat, but we are sort of the, the first staff who you know, it's part of our jobs. It's part of our deep love to, you know, welcome our first timers, welcome our newcomers and get everybody situated where they feel really comfortable going into their first APAP conference. So let me see if I could break this down. I mean, I'm, I'm a playwright, so I'm, I'm putting myself into the character of somebody who's coming to the conference. I, I understand that, that, that I want to I want to connect with you. I, I get that. What are what are my goals going to be? Am I do I want to be seen? Do I want to be performing? Do I want to have a booth? How do I want to present myself so that people will be interested in me? And if if I if I'm not offering an opportunity for you to see me do my do my do my art do my whatever it is I do performing, are there other tools that I can have so that I can interest hopefully interest people in, in wanting to know more about me? It really depends, Bob. There's definitely not a one size fits all. I mean, we we do tend to recommend that people come to their first APAP and if possible, not buy an expo booth, maybe showcase because it does help to attend and get a lay of the land because what we recommend is you come and you kind of look around like, okay, I see this showcase is really packed. 
Let me take a look at their marketing material. Let me let me take a look at how this showcase room is set up and, you know, how many people are performing over the course of two hours, you, you know, interviewing artists who you think, wow, that person did a really great showcase and saying, you know, please walk me through, like, how did you, how did you set this up? And what were, you know, again, the associated costs involved in getting yourself together for APAP. There's not necessarily a one size fits all. It will kind of depend on, you know, the person's background and, and history in our industry, you know, their, their awareness of, of all the different components of APAP coming into it. I mean, Mojo might have more advice on this front because I, I know he's directly worked with so many first-time attendees. I mean, does this kind of sound like a, like, yeah. Okay. How would you mentor people? Because I've heard, I've heard you say that you've actually mentored people. Yes, for years. The, the most important thing, I'd like to back up just a little bit. It's funny. When, after, when after, you you spoke, to... after you spoke, Sue said she wanted to back up a little bit. Now she spoke and you're saying, you want to move. So we might as well go back to well, the beginning. <laughs> well, no, we're just going to hit rewind for a short brief okay. second. The, the thing that is most important, in my opinion, is you have to have something of value that others will be interested in knowing about. You have to, I hate to say it, but whatever you are creating is a product in the world. And you have to have a product of interest and value when you go to APAP. So you have something to talk about. It's nice to get to know people. And, and some people go to APAP for socializing, but they're already very well established in the field. Everybody knows what they do. I've showcased at APAP for 21 years, even though everybody knows what I do and, and they've all seen my show and they still come anyway. But it's something of value because they have a really good time. And that's, that's what I sell. I sell a lifetime memory and, and a really great time. So everyone that comes to APAP literally has something of interest and value to share with everyone else. A presenter might have a fabulous theater that is the perfect space for a playwright to bring his play or her play to reality. Uh, a playwright might have a fabulous book ready to go for the right theater company. And there are lots of theater companies there. To so talk you're, to. You're, you're answering Eric Sirota's uh, question. It's, it's Eric Sirota really was, was asking whether there was, there was value for a writer. So you're, you're actually answering that. You're saying, yes, writers, writers have their place at, at, at APAP. Right. I mean, I've, I've, because I'll, I'll be in, honest in with you, Mojo, my, my thinking would have been that, that you needed to have a, a, a show, a finished product, not just, not just a script, but a production that was ready to go and ready to, to, to be booked. Not necessarily. I mean, okay. if you're if you're there, the business side of APAP is connecting audiences and artists and the managers and agents and the presenters are in between making that connection. So the artist and the audience can connect intimately in a theater. But the entire supply chain is represented there. There may be you, you may have a, a book that you've written. I'm talking about a script. Uh, some of us call it a book. Okay. Like, the, like we the, don't, the we say, for we say script. script here. Okay. 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 So you if it's, a, if it's, that, it's you, a book, we talk about the book to a musical, which is also called a libretto. So okay, okay. it's all semantics. It doesn't matter. Okay. So you, you will find colleagues there, but you, you really have to have something of value to share with others. 
I've met a lot of, I met movie producers there who wanted to use my music. I've met voiceover artists who wanted to use my music. I've met theater owners and presenters and producers who wanted to use my show. And I've, I've also produced hundreds and hundreds of showcases in the last 35, 40 years. So I've seen everything. I've had actors. In fact, Heather Massey, I don't remember if Heather actually showcased in my showcase room or not, but Heather not is not yet. Okay. Well, Heather is, uh, is a, a good case. She'd be the ideal representative of someone who is a true member who also has really profited and done well in the APAP community. So I, I would suggest she be the next one on your, on your presentation. Oh, we had her last two weeks ago. <laughs> Ah, okay. Right. I was actually trying make, to get. I was trying did to get she mention me? <laughs> of course she did, glowingly, glowingly. <laughs> and the, it was we we actually had guests from the Atlantic Mid Atlantic Arts Foundation who basically give grants for people to to bring their shows to Europe, and I actually wanted to have APAP on with them because I thought it would be an interesting. It would work. It just would work together, but it, it, that didn't happen. So they were. Heather was th was then, and you're you're now. Oh, and Mid Atlantic okay. Arts is for anywhere in the world, not just Europe. So keep that in mind. Right. Okay. So uh, are we helping you? Are we answering your questions? Yeah, you're answering my questions. I'm I'm, I'm curious whether the room has any questions. I'm, Mike Matt says I went one year and found it fascinating and exhausting. Bring them on. My impression was that attendees were were more presenters, people looking for self-contained shows in their myriad forms. Jersey Boys was hot then, and there were a dozen four season shows. So that that's similar to my my impression. You're 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 changing my impression of it a little bit today. I thought that that people were looking for shows that were put together and ready to go. It's just like, okay, you're booked. Can you well, come? Well, some people are. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, some people are, Bob. Some people are looking for the next season. Some people are looking for five seasons down the road. Some people are looking for colleagues. Some people are looking for playmates who want to create together. And we've wound up, you know, I can only speak from my own experience. I have worked with so many people performing around the world that we connected at APAP and thought it'd be a good idea. So I'm going to move to Sue for, for a question based on Emma Wood's question. Now that you've gone through two years of shutdown and you've actually had to do things online, are you going to continue having a virtual component of your, of your, APAP. The answer is yes. We we do believe we will continue to have virtual components. However, you know, we know we've been hearing, I'm sure you all have been hearing that there is a weariness for online. It doesn't quite sufficiently meet all of our needs because this is an in-person business. People need to see each other in the flesh. They need to see artwork in the in-person. You know, I anticipate it will not be as robust, you know, as it has been if we are able to have an in-person conference. We will continue to offer online options, but as I'm sure you can imagine, you know, if we are able to have our in-person conference, you know, in-person showcasing, in-person booths will, you know, more than likely be the pathway most people will, will take. So, so um, Emma's asking because she's in Australia. She doesn't think she's going to be able to come in for, for the conference. So she wants to be able to participate in a different way. We will absolutely have that option. And I think if there is a demand for virtual booths and virtual showcases, again, we will continue to have that because, you know, we know 
you know, not everyone, even domestically, not everyone is back, you know, pre-COVID budget numbers, pre-COVID seat sales, you know, people are coming back slowly, you know, some of our presenters still have travel restrictions, they can't come to our conference. So that's a challenge too, because we want presenters there to, to see the artwork. But yes, there will be uh, virtual components for, you know, presenters, producers, artists, agents, managers, that, w- that will not go away, just so you know. Good. Okay. Well, for, for me, Bob, for me, Bob, the, the most important things at APAP that, that give me the highest return on investment obviously is the marketplace, uh, doing the transactions that connect audiences and artists together among the community of presenters, agents, managers, and self-represented artists. That's the number one thing for me. But there's also fabulous professional development. There's also constant advocacy on behalf of the performing arts at a national and even international level. There is a, a huge mentoring program collegial relationships that build and and last forever. I am now watching probably the third generation of people that I've worked with. And I've actually walked into other conferences where 75% of the artists represented were my mentees. These are fabulous things. You're a busy guy. (laughs) I'm just, uh, I'm I'm hyperactive. (laughs) But uh, honestly, Honestly, the thing about APAP is that it's international, it's powerful, it's thorough, it's very much enriching, and it it really hits every nail in the supply chain that you're working with. Great, great organization, in my personal opinion. It's been great for me. And so far, all of my mentees really like it. The young people like it, and it, it just keeps moving forward. And it's a it is a membership organization. So let's 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 it talk is for it a is a membership. It's a membership organization that is not changing its mission, but is adapting to reality, which is a powerful statement. So what is it? What, what is the cost for, for an artist to become a member? I did want to just also round out, since Mojo did mention the mentoring program, to just give a little bit more info about that. I think APAP you know, has a, a very nice, very robust mentoring program. Usually what we have the first day of the conference is an enormous session. It's in, you know, one of the biggest rooms of the Hilton Hotel called the New Colleague Orientation, where about 10 new colleagues, first timers are matched with two roughly mentors at a table. Everybody kind of goes around, talks about their needs, asks their questions of their mentor. A lot of people exchange numbers, you know, and, and make sure they connect with one another even after that event. It's, it's a, like Mojo said, it can be a nice way to make uh, connections that last, you know, a career long. And then the other, you know, great thing is that the staff is also, like I said, here for you. If you, you know, in the middle of the conference, if you can't find your mentor, you can't even remember your mentor's name and you're like, ah, I have a question about something really important. Can, you know, Sue, can you help me find a mentor? You know, we, we can assist with that as well and, and sort of connect you to someone who could provide, you know, listen to what your goals are again, listen to what kind of show you have, listen to your readiness and, you know, do you have a website? Do you have a, you you know, a tech sheet? Do you, I mean, hear about sort of where you are in your, you know, ability to, to 
work with performing arts facility to get your shows booked. And we, you know, we can really work with you to give you some advice about next steps. So I just wanted to share that about, about mentoring that we do. We are able to provide, I think some, some nice support there. And it was nice, very nice to hear that, you know, Heather and Mojo's mentoring information, that's super helpful and great. And just great to hear. Plus, so, two, so uh, what, are the, what are the levels wait, of membership? One second, one second, Bob. One second, Bob. I okay. want to just add add to what Sue said. When she said there are tables of ten people with two mentors, that's interesting. But you got to remember, there's at least fifty tables like that in that room. We have hundreds and hundreds of new colleagues every year, and usually within two or three years, they are the mentors in the new colleague room. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make it easy for people to to make, take the next step and and actually join and, or consider joining. And so uh, I, they, they need to know wh- what, what they have to do and what the different levels of membership are. Also, I, I do want to qu- go back to Eric Sirota again. He asked, he asked a whole bunch of questions. He's, he's one of the writers in the room. So we, we've clarified that he, that you don't have to have a, he said, so the thing that is being booked as a traveling production of a show, is that correct? Sometimes the the answer sometimes. to that is sometimes. So so what Eric and the writers need to know is, you can make connections through APAP that can eventually lead to your show being presented or produced. Presenters are not necessarily producers though. So right. so normally if you're going to be be booked by a presenter, you probably need to have a producer on board to put the pieces together so that you have a, a coherent whole that you can put on stage. Am I, have I got it so far? I'm trying to think what other, what are the, what are the other aspects of his question? Artists does not mean performers in this case, although the people that probably do well at a situation like that are probably performers because that's their personality. They, if you're a writer who's shy, you may not do as well as, as a Mr. Mojo who's who's got his whole... (laughs) pull persona on and ready to present and and that's actually probably not a bad a bad thing to consider is is when you when you present yourself on one hand you are presenting yourself as just an artist and as a person but on the other other hand your energy your energy probably would will help sell you too you you want to project an energy that that people will find engaging and oh i'd like to see this person on stage well you're you're also you're also opening up the concept of the other parts of the supply chain, the agents and managers, because a shy playwright who doesn't want to talk to the public but has a good book or good good script or whatever, if they had an agent, that agent could represent them powerfully. I'm trying to see whether Connor, what anything anything else I've missed in the in the chat? Yeah. So Catherine had a few questions. Catherine Keats had a few questions about showcases as well as the conference in general when does the oh well, yeah the mo- so so the most recent like- question i see from her is are the venues for shows commercial nonprofit, and universities and so what are the kind of re- venues that, that that are represented who are the people there that are i mean everything you can think of every yeah. everything you can think of yeah um yeah, we, we have a list that will be available on our website when showcasing opens of venues that people, you know, are basically historically have worked with our, you know, the artists that are affiliated with our conference for people to look through. But yeah, they they do run run the full breadth and depth of, of different, you know, facilities. 
It's it's not we also anyone. we also have seasoned presenters who do it year after year for the community. Mm -hmm. I see Catherine has another question. Show, uh, showcase presenters, showcase producers. I'm talking about. So let's let's define showcase because Catherine's saying you, you you said you produce showcases. Please speak more on this. What what does the showcase mean? Just to be clear, we don't produce the showcases. It's up to each individual artist, agent, manager to do that themselves. I um, produce showcases. Yeah, our, yeah, Mojo does, and and I I'm not sure I could speak eloquently about how the Hilton showcases work, Mojo, because I know that's a little bit of a there's showcase producers that rent out those rooms and then sublet spaces to some of our artists. I hope I got that right. Yeah, um, actually, I, I have. There were producers that we have in True who have actually taken taken showcases for multiple talents that they represent. I remember one year Margot Astrakhan presented Richard Skipper and maybe two or three other artists as well. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, in other words, there's, like you started off by saying at the beginning, Mojo, that it's, it's not one size fits all. It's a very flexible right. environment. It's, it, you're jumping in the big blue sea. Catherine still wants you to speak on this. Catherine, why don't you ask specifically what, what, you, what you're missing? What, what, uh, what, yes, thank you. Mr. Mojo, would you speak on the time requirements of of the presentation of a showcase production as a producer from your point of view. Thank you. Okay. A, a showcase room at APAP, similar to what I pre, pre, uh, produce and many, many others produce, is about a one-year preparation. It takes a year to get ready because you are basically taking empty rooms in a hotel and turning them into theaters. So it's a monumental production task. Some producers create an entire state-of-the-art theater in the ballrooms, and some producers like myself create basic presentation stage that allows the talent to shine beyond the production value. The costs are astronomical because it's in the, the Manhattan Theater District. So you're dealing with multiple unions. You're paying for shadow labor that doesn't really show up, but if you don't pay, they shut you down. You're renting, you're, you're basically renting an empty room and then creating the environment within which to deliver a showcase. Producers like myself make time slots available so that people can just come in and do their show and leave. The blocks go anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes on up to a full 60 minutes, depending on who you're working with. And some showcases are done in the hotel, which is very expensive. And some cases are, are some showcases are done outside the hotel in venues all over the city, all the boroughs. I think there have been showcases in all the boroughs in my years there. So that's just uh, a timing the, issue. That's basically somebody who's going to find a, a, a theater space that they can afford, which is always a good thing, and timing so that they can actually do a showcase that would fit into the schedule for APAP. And that would also require seeing the full schedule for APAP, knowing when people are more available and when they're, and when they're going to be going to make, I'm sure right. But if as a, as a, as someone who wants to showcase the individual or the organization, the best target is a 15 to 20 minute showcase. Times are very strictly held. So if you have a 90 minute play, you want to deliver 15 minutes that really have the essence distilled so that someone who might want to book that show will get the feel of it. 
some, but I'm saying some, another tactic that some people take, because I know people have done this, is they, they book themselves during APAP with the idea that possibly they will attract some of the presenters from APAC to come and see their showcase. And they obviously they offer, they offer them comps. Right. But it goes well beyond that, Bob. You really, you have to really know how to market and sell your showcase so that people show up. You know, it's, it's the old adage, if you had a crawfish boil in your backyard, but it forgot to invite anybody, nobody's coming. So, you know, it's a, you, you have to market very effectively at APAP. And that's one of the skill sets you need. If you can't do it, you need someone to help you. But you're dealing with people who are very busy and some who are very powerful. And it can make or break you how you approach this. It's a huge investment. And you want to, mon- you want to make sure that the return on investment is there. I do not recommend showcasing at APAP or even intending APAP if you're dealing with a $500 product because you'll never return your investment. But if you're dealing with a five, 10, 15, 20, $100,000 product, one sale and you've got your investment back. That's the way I look at it. Okay, so that, that probably gives some people in the room a little pause because there, a lot of people in the room are, are probably thinking on a smaller, smaller scale right now. They're, if they if they could get to get if they could get thirty thousand dollars together, they could produce a showcase of, of their show in, in, here in New York. Thirty thousand. No, no. 50, honestly, 000. honestly, honestly. If you can if you can put together a uh, thousand to to two thousand dollars for showcase space, you can present your showcase. But you have to remember you got to get there. You got to stay there. You have to get gear there if it's not provided. So, you know, it's a, it's a complex economic question. There's no doubt that attending APAP as an experience, the return on investment is like going to college for four years. It's worth it. When you start showcasing, then you've got some numbers you got. Okay. We're, all, we're always, as artists, we're always dealing with, with, the, with the, uh, the challenge of, of finding the money to, to get ourselves seen. And I think we all hope that somebody is going to discover us and, and, spend the money on us, but it doesn't always happen that way. Well, you know, if, uh, they, if nobody knows you're there, if nobody knows you're there, they're not going to discover you. That's true. Well, we're, yeah. we're very big on self-producing though. I mean, one of the things that we teach in true is, is to be a self-producer. A lot of artists hate doing it, but it's a, it's a part of, it's a part of the job description. Otherwise, otherwise you're basically a writer who keeps scripts in the, in a, in a, in a drawer. You're, you're not really getting yourself out there. What what Catherine wants to know? What level of membership does one have to be able to have to be to be able to do a showcase? It would be recommended to join as a full artist agent manager member, organizational member, in order to showcase because that also gives you the flexibility if you wanted to have a booth to do that. It also allows you to have the name in your group in your materials in your record, whereas we we do have some individual membership categories. Now, if you are just an individual performer or playwright or one-person show, that might work for you, but we usually recommend the artist agent manager category, the full organizational category. So to the room, does anybody have any other questions that you'd like to ask? Because I, I want to get you guys involved more. Joan Lyman wants to know, what about using a 15-minute excerpt of a videotape of a live stream performance as a substitute for showcasing your work in person if it's geographically difficult to attend? Complicated? Um, a live stream performance as on the online platform? I don't know that you would show 
that stream in a room where other people were doing live. I don't think we do that, but on our online, that's certainly a possibility. Although Mojo, I don't know, have you been in showcase rooms where people, it's mostly live performers and then someone streams a video? Does that, does that happen? It happens. I know when they, when, uh, oh, okay. when Gallo, when Gallo Films made the movie about my life and career, I actually bought a slot and showed the movie. It was well attended. It was well attended. But, you know, the, the virtual showcasing options that APAP has offered work pretty well. So you, you don't have to attend physically if, if you can't, but people can still see your work. You still have to do a tremendous job of marketing so that they click on your link because you're going to be, you're going to be in a pool with a thousand others and you want them to take time to see you. That's that's the big stumbling block for everybody. I mean, I mean, I won't say all artists, but most artists have a sort of cert, certain degree of shyness somewhere deep inside, and it, it, the idea of sort of going into this place with four thousand people and being noticed is, for some of us, intimidating. <laughs> it's just well, you know, you know, Bob, that's that's a real issue. And, and that's an issue that we deal with when we're talking with artists and, and creators about whether they should have a manager or a, a booking agent. And the, the question is, if it's not something you know how to do or you're comfortable doing or you're not good at it, get somebody who is good. My, my favorite story is Zopa the Clown, who's in the fifth generation of his family circus, and I was his mentor. He came to APAP the first time. And I was with him and he, he, I said, what do you want to accomplish at APAP? He says, I want to find a, an agent and a manager. So I just looked at him and I said, Zuppa, you, are you willing to give 40% of every dollar you make to an agent and a manager? He said, yes. And we found him an agent and a manager and they're still together all these years later, put together at APAP. That's a nice story. I like that. Glad yeah, it's a that. true story. Good. True story. No, I, I, I wasn't questioning that. I'm just saying it's, 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 it's always nice to hear when things work out like that. Yeah, and Eric is saying a writer getting an agent is not so simple. For writers, agents are almost unavailable. Agent well, you, you, get a, you get an agent for your product, not for your writing. You get no, an agent for your play. For your play, not for yourself as a writer. Does that no, make no, sense? No, 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 no. Eric is absolutely right. I, I know. I know the, the literary agent market, and literary agents are very, very. Not talk. I'm not talking about literary agents. I'm talking about business agents or booking agents or a manager to okay. actually, or a manager. Yeah. I don't think writers have thought in terms of managers, so it's an interesting thing to add to to our sort of repertoire. Um, Something you learn at APAP. <laughs> so a writer can have an, have a manager, not necessarily a, a literary agent, because literary exactly. agents are are very they, they hesitate to take on anybody in, until there's an actual contract. Is generally what happens. Oh, by the way, everybody, we're gonna have we're gonna have literary agents on in May. I think it's gonna be May or June. I'm, I'm gonna have a, a lineup of, of, of agents you can talk to. Anyone else have any questions? And managers and what 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 is this? Oh yeah, there, Vinny. Managers, another true Friday talk. Well, managers, I've already, I've already taken care of the of the agents. I've already <laughs> sent an email about those. I'll look for managers too. Sure, I will look for managers. Well, I will you, do it. If you haven't invited Napama to, you know, come to this, you might consider having their leadership come and give you a a basic about Napama. I think that would be 
a great thing for you guys to do. Don't know them. So I would, yeah, you'll have to email me. Uh, yeah, I, I can introduce you to them. I just rolled off the board. I, I spent six years on the board. Ah. Yeah, real, real good people and can give you a lot of information from that segment of the industry. Oh, and Michael, Michael DiCatano just rubs it in her face that us Hollywood guys have managers. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Entertainment attorneys, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so there, there are different, yeah, there are different relationships. So if, if nobody has any other specific questions for Sue and, and Mojo. Well, well, and the one thing, again, I'll just put out, and I don't want to speak for Mojo, but please... Honestly, we're very approachable. If, if, please reach out to both of us. We'd be happy to talk, you know, about your unique situation or maybe questions you didn't really want to ask on the on the webinar today. Very happy to help you one-on-one. -on -one. And it's it's always great to meet potential members and new members. So I, I certainly welcome getting to know all of you. Oh, Mo, Mojo, can you put your email in, in the chat? So everybody, can, so people can contact you. Um, uh, I can't type it in, but if you go to if if you go if you go to redhotmojo.com, R-E-D-H-O-T-M-O-J-O.com, everything you need is there. I, I can put it in the chat if that's It'll okay with you, Mojo. Yeah, but if they if they go right to redhotmojo.com, they can even ask for fifteen minute conversation, so they can decide what they want. Okay, so so specifically, how, how much does a membership cost? And that is not an easy answer because we have five different organizational membership types and three individual categories, and they all have different places. Plus, I will say, we have been offering what we've been calling a no barriers membership dues relief program since the beginning of COVID, which essentially means... If you can't pay the our, you know, any of the dues within the ranges that we offer, we will work with you to find a dues amount that will fit your budget. Our philosophy for the last two years has been we do not want anybody left out. We want everyone at the table. So essentially, we will work with you to find a category and a dues amount that will work for your budget. We're being very flexible and this will be available through the end of June. So you, you have this, 90. This is, this is part of your no artist left behind program. Yeah, it really is. I mean, when, when COVID, you know, first hit and we were all in the depths of, Oh my God, what is this going to do to our industry? And, you know, so much concern about all of our future. We wanted to make it as easy as possible for people to remain connected to their colleagues and peers during a, a, a terrible time. So we are offering, you know, dues relief. And, and again, what that means is, is pay what you can. So I would be happy to, to reach out or, you know, answer any questions one-on-one, -on -one, you know, for people who are interested in joining, but I'm sure we can come up with something, honestly, for anyone on this call who's interested in joining, just, just reach out to me personally. So Stephanie Rummel, would you like to ask your question? And then Joan Lyman has a question and then, then we're going to wrap up. I just wanted to know what are the next steps for, for the next APOP in, in January, 2023, if you plan it now, what kind of steps would you suggest to do of connections and strategies? If you have your play or your show or your solo show going. Anticipate that we will have rates and prices and dates for when registration will open in June 
all ready to go in July. So I would say for those of you who are not members, join soon because what that means is you'll start getting all of our emails telling you all these things that are coming, like, you know, registration's about to open and these are our prices and these are what we recommend. So if you're not a member, the spring is a great time to join, but Stephanie, definitely there will be more information about, you know, prices, booths, showcases, June, July are our target dates to be able to provide everybody with, you know, specific information about associated costs and what your next steps should be. Just, just for the, for the room, Mr. Mojo's internet dropped. So he's, he's no longer, he can't, he can't get back in because he has no internet. So Joan, do you have one question and then we can, then we'll, we'll wrap up. Yeah. In, in addition to covering the cost of coming in January, what other benefits do you get by being a member of APAC? I kind of went over those at the beginning. But oh, sorry, I are, came in late. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, that's okay. I, I went over those in the beginning. There are quite a few on our website. Okay. Actually, let me quickly see if I can. No, that's okay. I can go on the website and do it. I don't want to take up your time. No problem. Yeah, yeah. There, no, there are quite a few really great benefits and okay. services. You know, we sort of have a live show. It, we call it the live performance calendar, but it's a live showcase calendar. We have a listening lounge with our CEO. We have a, a newsletter, quite a few, quite a few benefits. So right. thank yeah, you. of course. So Sue, it's just you and me now in absentia. Thank you, Mojo, for being with us. And thank you, Sue, for finally, finally getting here. I, I, we're, we're, we're nice people. It wasn't, it wasn't bad, was it? You're no. Okay. And, and, you know, I was going to say, you know, as we get closer to conference and and having more things planned out you know i can i can recommend to my the conference team you know if you ever wanted to have them appear to talk in more detail about the conference i'm sure they'd be willing to to come back and and give you guys a more deeper dive it's hard for me right now because we don't have a lot in place yet yeah we're you know we're still kind of formulating prices and structure and we're still negotiating with the hotel so i apologize that i don't have a heck of a lot of specifics to share well, we had tons of information though so i i very good grateful. good but yeah we we and are you're a very easy guest you're a great speaker thank you well of course you know this is this has been lovely and you know again i i really honestly mean it when i say you know call me email me would love to get to know all of you and and bob is a wonderful human being so <laughs> i'm happy to have true in my life now Oh, good. Thank you. We're happy to have you. We've we've actually been circling each other for like fifteen years at this point. I know. I know. It's the way it goes, right? We're a little we're a little small community. So, well, thanks you guys for letting us join. It really means a lot. I wish I could stay for the chat rooms. Unfortunately, I have to get my teenager to his his evening job. But okay. Understandable. So I'm going to just say a thank you to, to the room. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. Thank you, Sue, for being with us. Thank you. Email me at T-R-U-N-L-T D at AOL.com. That's T-R-U-N-L-T-D at AOL.com. And put Zoom me or use Zoom in a clever way in your headline, in your uh, subject line when you send it to me. And we'll put you on the list and we'll invite you every week so you can come be with us and be part of the community. We do this for free if necessary we are a business that has to have business expenses get get paid like salaries and things so if you can give us a, a donation we appreciate it 
That would be TrueDonate, T-R-U-Donate.com, T-R-U-Donate.com. That's it for everybody. See you next week. See you soon. See you on Friday. We need to talk about something. We need to talk about something. We need to talk about anything at all. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric acid. Electric acid.